Hubhopper Originals Hi, welcome to a brand new episode of Real Talk with Smriti Natani, a Hubhopper original. Okay, I am super excited today. In fact, today I'm doing something I have never done before. I have a very very close friend with me for this episode of my podcast. Okay, so let me tell you straight off the bat our friendship is based on 90s bollywood references and podcast recommendations but also very very deep conversations today i have with me om dhumatkar om was born in bombay but and i say this grudgingly he's lived in london since he moved there as a student more than 15 years ago yes i miss him very much he identifies as bi although he most often uses the term queer which is an umbrella phrase for everybody in the lgbt plus community It is such an honor that Om has agreed to do this podcast with me because honestly there's nobody else I want to talk to about this. He is the most rational, sensible, empowered, liberated person I have the honor of knowing in my life. He gives the best advice. Before I even get into that, let me tell you, Om is a senior banker in the UK and he uses his position to not only be an advocate for queer issues in the workplace, He also raises awareness of the intersection of queer identities and race, religion, class, etc. And thirdly, he mentors young professionals to do their best, which, by the way, I can totally imagine. So, with all that being said, I can't wait to jump into this conversation. This is my way of understanding how to actually, genuinely be a good ally, and also to celebrate pride. Hi, Om. Hey, Smriti. Thank you so much for having me. Om I am so glad you are here I am so excited to talk to you firstly happy pride Thank you happy pride to you too Is that a thing people say I discovered that at my first pride parade that I went to where people wish each other happy pride This was back in 2015 and I was a bit surprised I said okay well happy pride to you too but I think over the last few years it's definitely grown on me the phrase Yeah I you know what I've been to the Pride March here in Bombay once. I think it was in 2017, and I think I picked it up from there too. But I'm warning you already. Please feel free to like correct me if I say anything wrong. I mean, that's the reason we're having this conversation, right? I want to feel free to say things wrong and have you call me out on it. Yeah, and and I think you know, um, without going into what's right and what's wrong, I feel like what you're doing is already quite brave. because there's a lot of allies out there who struggle to have this conversation because they are worried that they'll say something wrong because they'll they're worried that they'll say something offensive and i think you know whilst no one person can be a spokesperson for the entire community i think there's a lot of people in the community who appreciate the effort that people make and see the intent behind the effort so yeah while i'm all here and very happy to share my thoughts and you know educate to the extent that it's relevant Um I also feel like don't worry about you know getting stuff wrong we all get stuff wrong I've gotten a lot of things wrong as I've made my way through this community I'm so glad you said that in fact that brings me to you know wanting to celebrate pride month which is june which we're uh, nearing the end of but I you know to be very very honest uh it's been on my mind since june 1st like mm-hmm. I want to do this I want to be vocal I mm-hmm. want to celebrate pride I want and I think I do it all through the year like back on w- women's day i um, released something called um, the real girl anthem and i did Which have I a love. shout thank you thank you and i did have a major shout out to my lgbtq plus community brethren and uh, you know humanity um in that as well so i would like to think i really do make my strides throughout the year but also yeah. as somebody agreed i'm a small content creator but as somebody who creates content on the internet i am worried that people don't know that and that they'll get mad at me when they see this sporadic post in june yeah yeah i mean i think it's worth um bearing in mind that the people who will get angry will get angry you yeah. know i think it's regardless of what we do there's always going to be um some people who will want to call us out for it Yeah. Well, I think as long as our intentions are in the right place, then um, it's worth you know expressing what we value. And I think in this case, you've been a fantastic ally over the years, um, in sort of in a very real way, 
articulating what the community means to you and your support for the community so you know pride month is something that the community has created that yes. the community has put out there saying this is the month in which we want to celebrate our existence this is a month that we want to use as a focused time of protest and an opportunity to raise awareness for our rights so you know i am very very happy whenever anyone joins in and i think smriti it's worth bearing in mind the thousands of people that you might um show support to rather than the handful of people that you might offend um by by showing your support for the queer community so yeah I, it's june it's pride month definitely celebrate put up your posts wear your rainbow flags and have real conversations about what it means to be queer and what it means to be a queer ally absolutely you you've put it so well also that reminds me or brings to my notice that i'm all the time willing to offend people who uh, you know um believe in archaic traditions or norms or you know are pissed off at feminists or you know don't uphold all the same values i do so why should i back off when it comes to this right like there will oh, always 100%. be there will like you said there will always be people who will have a problem with whatever we do in life so i think i mean to to start off that's a big take away for me from this conversation i'm having with you like i need to yeah. stop worrying I mean when I was a kid I read the story of the dad uh, and his son who were going to the market on a donkey I don't know if you've heard it but it's basically <clears throat> a father and his young son decided to go to the market to buy something on the way to the market um the uh, father put the son on the donkey and sort of set on their way and passers by commented judgingly they like, oh look at this son his old father's walking and the son sitting on the donkey being comfortable um so the son said okay okay let me get off father why don't you sit on the donkey and then they went to, they were passing through the next village and the people there said that oh look at this uh father he's so cruel he's sitting on the donkey merrily <laughs> and his son's walking along and then <laughs> they passed through the third village where um so when the father got off and then the third village they said oh look at these two idiots they uh, they have a donkey and they're both walking alongside and not doing anything about it so eventually it goes on to the point where they both sit on the donkey and eventually it goes absurd as well where they carry the donkey on their backs the point is regardless of what you do people will criticize there is no escaping the criticism of people and um you know to go back to a meme that uh, that really resonated me with me from a few years ago um the number of dreams that have been crushed on the anvil of log kya kahenge is just immeasurable you know so i think the fact that you're doing this and we're having this conversation and we're celebrating this month together regardless of being thousands of miles away from each other is is just fantastic that's true how you're so wise yeah om i have a lot of spare time <laughs> <laughs> well we love our spare time haven't we spoken about that <laughs> yeah 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 but i loved your story and um, yeah i mean it's like we're off to a great start i think so let me let me ask you okay since you belong to the community and as for the purposes of this podcast you represent the community at least right now um what is pride to you so um let me share a bit of a history lesson before i answer that question sure sure okay. go for it uh so the pride movement started on the 28th of june 1969 in new york um at a place called the stonewall ale in which still exists um and at that time it was illegal to be queer in the us and so places where queer people hung out were often targeted by the police and the landlords uh, and you know attendees they were all routinely har- harassed which interestingly happened in new york up on you know until 1969 um it happened in our country until relatively more recently 
and it continues to happen across the world so um this is a very shared experience of a shared trauma of the queer community and uh on the 20th of june 1969 they came in they raided this uh premises and the people who were there revolted and they said there's no reason for you to come here and target us in this way and there was actually a pitched battle almost on the streets of new york for those for the next four or five days and off of the back of that is where the entire queer um movement arose now uh you know so 1969 this happened in new york the next couple of years um there were gay pride marches that took place in chicago in la in london and lots of other countries and from there the movement expanded so initially it was called the gay liberation movement then it was the lesbian and gay then it was lesbian gay and bisexual and then eventually it, it, it expanded into lesbian gay bisexual um and trans lgbt and since then there's been um a range of ways that have become recognized it's not that these um ways of expressing ourselves didn't exist previously but um these ways have come sort of out of the shadows as it were which includes um areas like um being asexual being gender non conforming non binary and and so on and so forth there's you know lots and lots of different um ways that people within the community identify and so um for me i rather than use i which is the specific way in which i identify i choose to use the term queer which is uh, an umbrella term as you said and also it's uh, it used to be a slur for the community so if you think about uh, the dictionary meaning of queer it's someone who is strange someone who is weird you know um yeah. and that was a phrase that was used um in the western world to describe uh people who sit anywhere on the spectrum for uh, for a number of years and i think now we've got to the point where the community has reclaimed that phrase and made it an umbrella phrase for how we define ourselves now there's a number of reasons why i identify as uh, why i use the phrase queer um one is because i think we get really hung up on labels that so and so is straight and so and so is in a heterosexual relationship and so and so ascribes to a heteronormative point of view and then sort of use that classification system to think about you know people who are gay are like this people who are lesbians are like this um and i think that um that very definitive um approach towards how we think about um various identities needs to change and that's why i refuse to sort of use one definite phrase sure. the second reason is um different parts of the queer community are uh, at different phases in which their rights and existence is acknowledged and celebrated right so in the western world and actually in parts of asia like taiwan we're now in a place where two men and two women can legally get married can adopt children you know can have a family and have the same rights and statuses as heteronormative couples elsewhere but other members of the community are not only misunderstood but they are deliberately targeted this is obviously not to say that gay men or lesbian women have issues to deal with but i think the trajectory the journey that those parts of the community have been on is further ahead uh, in terms of social recognition in terms of legal protection in terms of societal acceptance than certain other members of the community and i think regardless of which specific niche in the community i occupy i am part of the big community and i think until everyone's rights are recognized and i think until everyone's status is celebrated in the same way that we celebrate a pride march or a pride um month that uh process has not been completed so to sort of come back to your original question what is pride and what does it mean to me i think pride means all of these things to me on the one hand pride is a celebration because after 
thousands of years of it being illegal actually not just illegal it being sinful to be queer we're now in a world where we can we can express our queerness um but it's also a protest it's a protest for the rights and protections that are enjoyed by um you know most of the members of society being denied to certain members of the society and i think that's something that definitely needs to change and this month where we wish each other happy pride is an opportunity for ourselves to examine our own position within this spectrum um and say well actually as a queer member as the member of the queer community what am i doing to share the rights and recognitions that i enjoy that might be denied to other members of my community so it's a bit of a long answer because it's a bit of a loaded question of course oh, no hopefully you get you know you get where i'm coming from absolutely and i feel like that's why we have this platform right we we must give the long answers and everybody must listen <laughs> that's my position on this like please let's not um you know take away the space that each thing is owed so thank you for the for the long i mean there's history there that some of us may not have heard of or we may not know of and so this is very educational thank you um can i go on to the next thing or sorry were yeah, you yeah yeah let's go on let's keep going i'm loving it <laughs> great okay so can i can i just like switch gears here to talk about uh, allyship for a minute okay i know like what what i like to call myself by the way is a wanna be ally because i think to be an ally you have to do a lot more like you have to do vocally it's it's kind of like i i consider it like it's like armchair activism at this point for me you're getting it like just using the internet to give my views whatever uh, of course i'm going beyond i'm trying i like to have the conversations with people in my life when i i find anybody to be homophobic around me Uh, or i feel like there's a slur being used i will not take it so in my presence one cannot be an asshole like that is a general rule um <laughs> that i try to i try to follow but um what to you is is an ally um it's a really interesting uh question because a lot of people ask me this you know what what is an ally how can we be better allies and actually a lot of people similar to you um say that oh, i don't fe- feel like i'm a real ally because i don't do you know all of these things that that someone else might expect of me um and to that last point specifically i always respond with listen if you can wear your shoes and run around a block you are a runner you don't have to run 10 miles on the treadmill you don't have to run a marathon you don't have to do all of these things to qualify for uh, for being a runner in the same way i think anyone who has solidarity and understanding and a desire to contribute to the queer movement and who does not identify within the queer umbrella is an ally i think that's the first thing we are first allies in our hearts before we wave a banner or before we write a placard or any of these things yeah so i think anyone on this call uh, who is listening and who feels that you know what i um want to support the lgbt plus community um should feel empowered in their allyship anyone who is on this call and is listening and thinks what are these guys talking about like being gay is weird being bi is even more weird and being trans is like i'm not even going to have this conversation they definitely need to listen to this call and be educated so i think you know without going into depths of what constitutes and qualifies an ally to be to be an ally i think it's just fair to say that whatever we do starting from our heart makes us an ally then if we start to think about okay well what is to be done i think we can do what we can do and if we can do more and we can do better then we should do more and we should do better right but let's start where we are so um let's start as an ally the first thing to do is well let's try and educate ourselves and people within the community can be allies for other members of the community just because it goes outside of their individual existence doesn't mean it doesn't exist 
So um, the first thing that we can do is educate ourselves. The second thing that we can do is actively seek out people in the LGBT community, not to pathologize and understand their you know, experience or any of that, but just to be good friends or good colleagues, or dare I say it, good parents and good siblings. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the challenges that we've got in the, in the queer community is that we have historically been seen as the other. We have historically been portrayed as a pastiche, as a cliche, as the comic relief in, in television series and movies. But what that serves to do is effectively dehumanize the community. And I think one of the big reasons why queer rights have taken, have gained so much momentum across the world over the last 15 years is because people have realized that actually these aren't just the comic reliefs in our life. They aren't just people who behave in a certain way. They aren't just this sort of, you know, um, fairly self-centered, high-heeled, sassy, you know, talk-backer that they've been, um, they've been characterized to be. We are people. And the thing is, when, when we are seen as people, that's when our humanity is restored. And I think the more we can engage with each other as human beings, which is a bizarre thing to say in 2021, but it, it is the reality of, of the world in which we live. Yeah. The more we can see each other as human beings and the more we can engage with each other at that level, I think that becomes a very real platform for transformative change and for allies understanding what they can do. Now, I'll give you one specific example, right? Okay. Um, I'm not saying anyone, everyone can achieve this, but this is a really helpful aspiration to have. Office blocks all over the country, all over the world, typically have separate rules for men and women. Mm. What that creates is an issue for trans people on gender non-binary or gender non-conforming people who wonder which of these am I going to use? Yeah. Because actually what ends up happening is they are denied a space where they can express themselves in either of those two, um, two, two spaces. So it's a simple thing. Um, can we think about uh, gender non-specific uh, lose for people? Yeah. You know, because it's a real big problem. If yeah. you're in the office, X hours of the day and you don't have somewhere to go and relieve yourself or, you know, you don't even have somewhere you can go and catch a breath. Right. right. So allyship comes in all shapes and sizes and there's different points in the spectrum. One point of the spectrum is being an ally in our hearts. Uh, another one is being vocal. Another one is actively seeking out queer acquaintances, friends, colleagues, and being supportive of them. Another point is, you know, going to um, queer spaces and going to queer marches. And another point is using the experience that we've had in these communities to be advocates and allies outside of, you know, our immediate interaction. Thank you so much for firstly, not only explaining it so well, but also giving me the summary because I was just going to say, I don't want to miss out on the first thing that you said, which is, you know, you, you start by being an ally by the heart, you know, yeah. which I think is, it is true, right? Anything we are, anything we aspire to be, it all starts with that pure intention, which yeah. is, is more like a, like a feeling, like a joy we feel in our hearts. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a huge takeaway for me. I think what I'm also understanding after talking to you is that there is no need for me to be so much on the back foot. I can say I'm using my space, right, for important conversations mm -hmm. and things like that. So I need to stop calling myself a wannabe ally. I am an ally. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think anyone who wants to make a change and wants to make a difference and wants to make a contribution or wants to increase their understanding is an ally. In fact, I will go one step further. In spaces where people are chronically homophobic, Right. which could be schools, which could be colleges, which yeah. could be workplaces, it could be sports teams, it could be clubs, it could be whatever. 
where it is normalized to be homophobic and someone within that space stands up and well actually not even stands in their heart thinks you know what this conversation is not right yeah. i don't feel comfortable having this conversation or being part of it yeah. and excuses themselves from that conversation that person is being an ally yeah you know and then in the future they can go back and talk to the uh, talk to whoever said what they said or they can not or they can choose to educate themselves or they cannot the fact that we are living in a world that conditions us in a particular way and someone stops and says you know what i don't think this is right yeah i don't I subscribe to the narrative to recognize the humanity of their people rather than their expression that person is being an ally and i'll tell you what by firstly by recognizing these people and secondly by taking off the pressure that you have to do these 500 things before you qualify these individuals are empowered and get the space to naturally become better allies nobody has to teach them right right so there's two things that come to my mind one is uh, many years ago um, this is when i was working in advertising um actually i got into a huge fight at the office because um, i had somebody in my team who was uh, homophobic and right. um now i completely understand that we ca- we came from very different backgrounds and by that i mean this particular guy was uh, not from as privileged a background as i am in terms of everything right in terms of education and you know i, I don't necessarily mean like financially i just mean in in a general sense okay of where mm-hmm. of um, you know where he possibly uh, what he saw growing up or the influences yeah. in his life etc i get that and i tried to be extremely patient and you know very um, how shall i say like i tried to be eloquent in my attempt to you know to to point out that you know he was being homophobic and um, it got very ugly because he was so defensive as homophobic people generally are and and he he literally told me why are you arguing with me like what is your problem you know and i was like my problem is you work in my team like i can't work with a team that is you know it got so bad ohm that my then boss had to intervene call call truce took me to the conference room had a separate talk with me had to calm me down and explain to me that you know um i do come from a place of you know where i i get to have important conversations etc and not to say that you know he basically my boss my then boss pointed out to me that this guy you never know maybe he's latently homosexual maybe he's in denial maybe he's been harassed like the, the 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 possibilities are endless now i completely agree this was very long ago and i wish i would have handled the whole thing better i'm not proud of how i handled it but i'm just also kind of giving myself a little breather because i'm like okay you have always been an ally mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if you couldn't take it way back then when it had nothing to do with social media nothing to do with putting up uh you know having spaces to to show uh, to show our allyship or yeah. to put a rainbow flag somewhere but you still were engaging in these conversations putting your foot down where you thought it was needed and uh, yeah i mean like i said i don't know how much of a teachable moment it was for this guy but yeah. he knew he can't say certain things beyond the yeah. point absolutely i mean look i, I i'm all for um compassion and understanding yeah uh, people's journeys and how they've come to the point that they've come to but i think i have to restrain my compassion and understanding when it starts to trample on the rights yeah and uh dignity the decency of any community yeah and this instance specifically the queer, com- queer community because the queer community has been historically targeted over thousands of years absolutely right now there's two things to it one is obviously we all walk different paths in life and i think at moments like these where people with very different value systems with very different life experiences 
come together and yes. as you described it have a clash i see that as an intersection hmm. you know and and that intersection might not transform the course of our life but that intersection might change the conversation by degrees right you know if you're traveling by ship um often the navigation is by degrees like i am on this degree parallel that degree latitude and all, uh, and all of those sorts of things and what that means is a 2 degree change today means 10 days later i could land at a completely different destination mm. from where i was planning on going today yeah so we have to recognize um that a small degree change can lead people into different into different destinations i think what you did calling this person out for his uh, for his bigotry quite frankly was yeah. absolutely the right thing to have done and and i feel like over the years because this conversation i mean if you're talking about um your days in advertising would be yeah. the early 2010s right yes. the yes. early 2010s was a very different um time and space to be having conversations about queerness and i think i'm pretty sure today when you see every corporate logo decked out in in pride colors and a very real conversation happening around pride month that person unless he's got a, his head buried under the sand will realize that he was on the wrong side of this movement now that means that for him and for everyone else who's previously had homophobic thoughts just because it was the cultural norm they've got a choice they can either move to the right side of history and educate themselves and understand that their views were shaped by the circumstances that they were in and you know as someone in the queer community i would welcome them we would welcome them i'd love to have that conversation and work together or they can choose to remain on the wrong side of history yeah. but we all know what happens to those who remain on the wrong side of history eventually they are marginalized and eventually they are um written out of of the direction in which we as a country and as a world as a global society are going in today so um you know i'm sure that there's people who listen to this who um might have said homophobic things in the past uh i don't I judge have. them i, I have sorry well. i'm going to i'm going to pause you right there because that was exactly the second thing i was going to come to one is this story which obviously um you know which i just told you which shows me that somewhere the the seeds of allyship were already inside of me but the other end of the spectrum is um i had a very poor understanding of my, i don't know my vocabulary was so questionable so we would use the word gay uh, why i don't want to talk about we i will take responsibility i used to use the word gay as um as a derogatory slur and it and and for anything right like if something didn't make sense it was gay if something was bizarre it was gay if something was you know not cool it was gay like i don't even know i can't even explain it now but gay was just a word i used very often not in the correct context and i feel so bad about it now but i think i'm now reaching a point where i'm like yes it was a journey i made mistakes and i learned along the way and today i'm trying to you know rectify those mistakes have these important conversations i'm calling myself out i was an absolute shall i say prick <laughs> but <laughs> but here we are right where we're yeah. trying to we're trying to do the right thing so yeah, uh, yeah sorry go on no um i i completely hear you and listen i was as well and and i used the phrase gay in a as a pejorative um and i've said worse things and then look what happened <laughs> back to bite you right um i think there's one phrase that i um hold close to my heart which is that every saint has a past and every sinner a future so we can't constantly hold ourselves or condemn ourselves to a standard that was set in our past i think what we all have are opportunities to learn and opportunities to grow yeah. and uh, you know 
water has to keep flowing if it stays in one place what happens you get malaria and dengue mosquitoes fermenting in that water yeah. spotting in that water and then as people who grew up in mumbai we remember what consequences that can lead to so the reality is you know life must flow um and the conversation that we're having i'm confident will help in the flow of certain people's lives because it a gives them a um narrative and a vocabulary b it takes off the pressure of having to do tons and be all of these sorts of you know versions of themselves that they might not already be comfortable with c even in this conversation even just the two of us as individuals it humanizes the topic it could oh. be people who have known us in the past it could be people who have no clue who we are right. but the fact that you can be queer or you know and and an ally and also be um personally integrated and professionally um successful and socially sound says something yes. it takes us away from this narrative that the queer person you know looked a certain way dressed a certain way spoke a certain way was the butt of the jokes was never really going to amount was never the protagonist in any story you know we are the protagonists in our story and i'll tell you what our stories are pretty damn good so if that shapes someone's perspective on what a queer person can achieve or a queer ally can achieve then i think even with this platform that's an amazing thing to have achieved that is so true and um i mean i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that that, that is actually what happens but you know um, something you said triggered a thought in me you said like firstly i love the phrase like the the every sinner has a future which is um literally something in 2021 we all because otherwise can we'll all get cancelled right for things of our of our past and um as you said this has been this wasn't a mainstream conversation even a decade ago right we've all come a long way since then now what yeah. i have inside of me and i want you to help me work through this this has turned into a therapy session uh, <laughs> what i have inside of me is a lot of anger towards uh-huh. people who should have taught us better yeah. okay and i mean parents and i mean um teachers and i mean anybody who was in a position where we were learning from them like guides and teachers of all sorts and i just get so mad even though i have not even you know not even an iota of an idea what it must be like to to grow up you know on the spectrum uh, on the lgbtq spectrum and feel that anger but i still feel it i don't know how yeah. to to like to be taught all this crap yeah from these people who just should have known better you yeah. know like they should have spoken better they should have integrated um their kids and you know they should have like they should have done that better they should have had the important conversations within their homes imagine if each mother has this conversation inside her home like i'm so glad like i have i have a nephew and he he started to watch modern family now in this pandemic i still yeah. think the content is a little too mature for him but <laughs> i mean you know you can't help it like kids are just at home and whatever and he's fallen in love with the show and we talk about mitch and cam all the time i don't know if you watched have you watched modern family it's i haven't but i know the premise yeah so it's one of my favorite shows and i'm i'm happy to pass that on to my nephew uh and he uh, and mitch and cam are a, a very much in love gay couple they are totally goals according to me i see a lot of myself and karan in mitch and cam um and i'm glad that you know there's this representation which has nothing to do with gender right like it's just yeah. it's just a, a love story represented you know yeah. and i'm so glad that my nephew has that as an example for him you know to to yeah. see real living breathing people in a relationship i mean whatever i, I know it's fiction yeah. but whatever like represented and you know and sometimes uh, when we're discussing the show it veers into into conversations about Mitch and Cam and how they are in a relationship or they are married or they have a baby and i'm so glad because i do for him what no one did for me 
right mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is to have the conversation i mean i'm just giving you the context of how come that conversation has been coming up of late and modern mm-hmm. family is a big peg but i mean what i basically am getting at is there was no scope for any of those conversations when we were growing up and this makes me angry and i'm sure it must make you angry uh it did make me angry it did make me angry in a very real way uh and i think if i'm and it didn't just make me angry about the queer issue it made me angry about a lot of things yeah. why did i learn this why wasn't i better equipped as an adult to navigate the world that i should have been educated about when i was a child right um and i think now i look back at it from a perspective of very intense compassion not just the queer conversation but pretty much every other conversation and i think this is probably one in fact i will stick my neck out and i will say this is the biggest moment of adulting when we realize that the adults in our lives were just people who were trying to do their best in um an imperfect set of circumstances so the generation before us was definitely not educated um yeah. but that but but we are you know and that's the change that we can make um i was saying this to someone in 2019 a couple of years ago now um it was the 50th anniversary obviously of the stonewall um mm-hmm. rights uh, and it was the 50th anniversary effectively of the pride movement and i said to them i was like look we weren't alive during stonewall so that could not have been our contribution but we now have an opportunity to think about what our contribution is going to be okay. and this needs to be our conversation our contribution our contribution is to shift the narrative around queerness and actually make it human you know um we don't need to burn flags or or, or you know throw stones or any of that but what we can do can be achieved without having to go to jail and do you know how much easier that is yeah that's a lot easier you know um so yes things could have been different uh, but we are here today and um i think one of the reasons why it wasn't different in our previous generations was because there was no alternative narrative taking place there was no where that people could go to learn there was no where that being queer was being normalized in any way and i think now that's definitely not the case you know through modern family or through a variety of other shows through this conversation through various forms of social media the conversation around queerness is now a lot more mainstream than it was when we were growing up heck it's a lot more mainstream than when we were in college it's a lot yeah. more mainstream than we were in the early years of our career so that's a moving wagon that not only can we jump on and propel but we can actually push it along and help it gain momentum i think that's going to be our generation's contribution to this movement absolutely and you know it's so interesting that you brought that up because just today i was thinking it is not possible it is statistically impossible that when i went to college nobody in my class was queer apparently it, oh no no absolutely it's it's impossible it's impossible that nobody in your class was queer forget when you went to college i will actually push some buttons here and um say that when we were growing up i can guarantee that not all of the adults that we yeah. um interacted with in fact not only all the adults but i would go as far as saying i don't think that all the parents of our friends or our acquaintances that we may have att- uh, interacted with would have been entirely straight it's just not statistically uh, possible now that could have been emotional feelings that were um, suppressed 
that might have been sexual experiences that were suppressed that might have been certain interactions where things were done or said that were chapters in their life and and, and those were closed but the reality is smriti even today you see people in their 50s and their 60s um across the world people who have children grown up children people who have grandchildren who then come out and said look when i was young the circumstances were such that it would have affected my life if i had but now those circumstances don't ex- don't exist anymore which is why i'm comfortable having this conversation so yeah forget college dude let's yeah, think yeah. back to parents parents no, or you know and- people in our family who we've always assumed were straight who might not have been absolutely and it's sad it may it breaks my heart to think so many people have lived an existence where they couldn't proudly be themselves like that that should be our take away you know it shouldn't be like or oh, they didn't even uh, fight for their rights or they couldn't even do no it's just so heartbreaking that they have had to live as some shadow version of themselves you know 100% and you know the number of people who have lived a shadow of what their life could have been mm. whether in terms of relationships or emotionally the number of people who have succumbed to um addiction whatever the addiction might have been yeah. uh, alcohol addiction for example when we were growing up was very normalized it was just something that people did yeah. you know yeah. um it, it the number of people who've led lives that were a fraction of their potential lives and who've had happiness that was a fraction of their potential happiness is genuinely heartbreaking and i think smriti this is why it needs to stop and this is a, this is why we are the generation in which it stops and this is why we are the people who you know raise our voices in a respectful but firm way that says this cannot continue because the queer person is no longer the character on tv is no longer the character in fl- films the fl- the queer person is now our neighbor our friend our family our coworker our child potentially and we have to be very conscious of the world in which we raise them that is so true and i'm going to actually take this moment to um, you know give a huge shout out to one of my very close friends minelli she's a new mom she just she just like 6 months ago gave birth to a baby boy rafael he's so cute and it's so interesting like whenever we talk about the future and how cute it'll be when he'll grow up you know i very um, you know like she, we we spoke about how he'll grow up and we'll be bitching about whoever he dates you know and we both said yeah whoever he dates whether it's a guy or a girl and i'm so proud of her because i feel people do not have the ability to talk like that people do not have the uh, you know they still don't have the sense they they'll be like oh i'm an ally but it better not happen to my kid you know yeah. and then i'm like no you're getting it wrong it is yeah. very likely yeah. that it is your kid and you better change your perspective now yeah i mean i think it's really interesting uh, you say that and i and i've definitely struggled with it in the past because i i would be like well how can one be a selective ally and how can one say okay i will support this element of it but not that not if it happens in yeah. my own back you know and and i've sort of gone down various rabbit holes to try and get my head around it i think one rabbit hole that i went down which actually did serve me quite well was understanding the nature of human association um if we think back to the way our brains as humans are wired we our entire survival in um the state of nature as it's called or you know as hunter gatherer tribes 40000 years ago when the hardware of our brain was created and amazingly in 40000 years the hardware of our brain hasn't really changed really it's still the same yeah. thing the experiences and software might change yeah. but the hardware is still the same now that hardware of the brain that was created 40000 years ago evolved 40000 years ago is created in such a way that um 
we are required by human nature to live in association because if we don't live in association if we don't live in the tribe we're out uh we're thrown out of the cave we don't have any fire to warm us we don't have any fire to protect yeah. us yeah. we're in you know the the jungle and a zebra toothed tiger or whatever other predator is going to come and kill us yeah so often times what ends up happening and this is what has happened over the course of human history is that we behave in ways to keep us within the tribe and when we feel like we are going to become isolated from the tribe whether it is potentially our family kicking us out or whether it's someone trolling us on twitter where it's a completely faceless <laughs> Yeah. entity who might even be a bot for all we know right it generates the same psychological and physiological reaction in us of stress of fear our brain is shouting red flag red flag alert yeah. alert so the yeah. tribe is going to kick you out and then you're going to die yeah yeah so <clears throat> what ends up happening is people might individually have a certain set of values but their tribe mm. whether it's a social milieu in which they've grown up or their family or their professional circumstances or their sort of social associations might kick them out you know and and i feel like one of the things that we can do is be a better tribe to each other yeah and be a welcoming tribe that draws these people in so that people know whom they can turn to in what circumstances now you mentioned in the introduction that i spend a huge amount of time um uh, being an advocate in the workplace right. uh, about queer issues and i think you know that advocacy takes lots of forms that takes the forms of having conversations like these writing blogs speaking at external events and so on and so forth but the most powerful form that it takes is conversations between me and someone else and sometimes smriti it is a conversation with someone who has discovered that someone else in their family is queer and wants to support them but would struggle with what will happen to to um the structure of their family as a result right you know so when we talk about tribalism we always see it as a negative and i think to some extent when those tribal identities are very fixed they are very negative and they are very um they are very sort of uh, stratifying but um we have an opportunity to take the principle of the tribe and create something better you know and, and i think in our generation and certainly the generation that's coming um after us that identity of being a better tribe is gaining more and more traction and i think that's definitely something really to look forward to absolutely no and what you said is so true because brene brown i was listening to one of her lectures and she said we are hardwired to care about what others think that is why yeah. we go into our shame spirals and shame is one of her research topics so she's definitely yeah. like she knows what she's talking about but basically when whenever like you said whenever we feel like it's a red flag to us that we're going to be thrown yeah. out of the community and that's when we act the way we do but i yeah. also feel and going with again what you said the more inclusive we get you know the more it's i mean think about it yeah like i i look at you know the future and maybe some of us will have kids and maybe some of us won't but again statistically it's very likely that we do have queer kids and you know it's so great already that i know there's going to be an umbrella system for for example a kid that i might have that might be queer right yeah yeah like it's no, it's 100% just, it's, you know i i had had one really um <laughs> i had a lovely conversation the other day where um a couple of friends of mine they're expecting children okay. and um you know as it happens when you're making small talk okay. um uh I asked also oh, do you know the gender of the child because obviously in the UK it's not illegal in the same way right. that it is in India. Right. Of course. Um so in 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 the UK sort of during a routine scan they they'll tell you if you ask. Uh and they said yes. 
and and then you know how sort of casual conversation goes like, oh okay cool so i'm guessing you must be planning like a gender reveal party <laughs> and as soon as i said that i realized that you know what i i let myself down just 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 asking that question cuz right off the bat and these are uh, this is a straight heteronormative couple of indian origin uh, who spent part of their lives in india before moving to the uk they turned around and said wah it's a bit outdated this concept of a gender reveal party right because it's not as if their gender is going to be it would potentially be static for their entire lives exactly. i would give them the space i'll have a party i'll have a party because i'm having a kid yeah, yeah for sure and get a bunch of toge- people together to celebrate it but why have make it a gender reveal party yeah 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 you know no i definitely uh, yeah we see we don't have that option. i was just saying that. sorry sorry go on you no know, i was just saying, i think we sort of the internet um, flows yeah. a little bit i was just saying that uh, why do we want to take something that is dynamic and fluid and evolving and really bind it in this binary term before the person is even born and i just i that response just blew me away i said i'm never going to ask this question about gender well, i'm actually never going to ask now what, what you know if they know what the gender is because I, i i bloody don't care yeah. I, i just ask the it's question because you that's the flow of the conversation usually absolutely no in fact um, um, i want to add to that like one of my favorite youtubers is somebody called colleen ballinger she's a, a us based uh, youtuber and she's pregnant currently and every time somebody asks her about the gender or whatever she makes it a point because uh, she has queer people in her family right so she's very very sensitive to everything and she said you know it's just gender assigned at birth you know yeah. so yes i'm excited to know because i want to shop but that's it um you know <laughs> I, i don't care they can choose their own gender and even when i say i want to shop i'm probably just going to buy the same neutral colored i mean you know whatever like i'm not going to assign it to blue and pink and whatever yeah. uh but yeah i mean it just brought so much perspective to me because it was a first for me to hear somebody talk about the unborn baby like that to talk mm. about how it's a gender assigned at birth and that's that and eventually yeah. they get to pick what they identify as and i'm like yeah. that should be normal yeah. let's make yeah. that normal you know yeah and you know it's funny when people turn around and say oh <clears throat> that's such a liberal perspective that means you know you're probably going to push your child down a particular route where they identify you know in in a particular way and i think a much more crude way of putting it as as i have heard being said is that, oh you're going to turn your kid gay huh so he's going to grow up normal and then suddenly they find uh that they can be whatever else and they're going to sort of start identifying in that way this liberal agenda is too much and it sort of you know um <laughs> it sort of ruins our kids and what and you see that argument all over the world you definitely see it in the us you see it to a lesser extent in the uk but you do you do see it um and my response to that is always so what would you rather have you would rather have this unborn child or this innocent infant or this playful toddler to go through their life being isolated because of how they feel not being able to connect and live years and years of trauma alongside potential bullying because whether or not the bullying happens the trauma definitely happens yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a given what would you rather have you know and there's a reality around mental health within lgbt plus communities around the world where incidence of uh, poor mental health is the highest amongst uh, amongst our community community um between any other demographic and that could be you know whichever expression of mental health challenge we might consider whether that's um anxiety depression uh bulimia um and and you know so on and so forth um the reality is that queer children even today are living lives of isolation and non support that are triggering 
that primitive response in their brains that we spoke about that said red flag red flag danger alert the community is going the tribe is going to desert you you're going to be out in the jungle alone and you are at risk of death you know imagine living in that state for 15 years for 20 years for 30 years for 50 60 years the impact that it has on the intrinsic human that we are how much of the humanity that lies within us simply gets stamped out because of this yeah it it's it breaks your spirit it who are you spirit. who are you without getting to be who you really are yeah yeah no but om uh, true to us and all of our conversations whether they are frivolous or or very serious we have overshot time uh, okay. so i'm going to actually um, wind this down this conversation has been amazing and i think um, let's let's see maybe we can have more of these if you're up for that uh, yeah for sure let's do a series uh, why not i i you know anything you and i talk about is always precious according to me it always it should be recorded anyway <laughs> <laughs> i i definitely feel so i mean i think the world will benefit from our chats smriti queer <laughs> or otherwise i mean i think we can we can call it a series you know real talk with smriti notani queer chat with om Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But so I'd like to, um, you know, firstly thank you. I want to end with a thank you, and I think like I can see why you make such a good advocate because you're so articulate, but you're also so um, reasonable with what you're saying. I mean, there's no hint of you're not angry, you're not you're willing to explain, and mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Not that I would have expected anything lesser, but I'm just saying like not everybody can. talk about things that they are so passionate about while keeping their wits about them <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so thank you so much for that and i think the queer community is better for it for people like you to be taking mics and be taking the center stage for people who work with you i'm sure they appreciate you greatly i appreciate you in my life um as a friend it just absolutely does not have anything to do with anything but it's just a moment to to say that in general and i think um i'd like you to end on a note where you tell me something maybe two or three tips or things that you feel um you know an ally can do throughout the year like things that we can just keep doing keep keep these conversations awake even though pride month is ending and that's fine because allyship is a lot more than that yeah I, and i mean uh the pride movement started at the end of june rather than the beginning <laughs> if we have this conversation at the end of june it's very timely so firstly thank you so much for having me i mean it's a real pleasure a real honor to be here um and i have said this to you before privately but i will say this to you now publicly just how proud i am of you for having created this amazing platform and for the quality of content that you create that often accompanies me in various life situations <laughs> whether it's moving houses or going for a run or you know even ironing my shirt so i really really appreciate you and i appreciate this platforms so thank you for having me thank you in terms of what we can do i think there's i would rather ask three questions of myself as a listener okay uh, and then use that as the springboard for action because in terms of doing stuff we can always do stuff but if our hearts not in it it's not going to really make the impact that it could have right sure. i think the first question that we should ask ourselves is if someone close to me i and like really close not an acquaintance this is where talking about a child or a sibling or a you know um someone in that sort of measure of closeness comes out tomorrow what would my reaction be okay and if the reaction would be good great <laughs> if the reaction would not be uh positive then what can i do to educate myself so i think that's the first question if someone close to me what to come out tomorrow what would my response be the second question is having got an answer to the first one 
even if no one close to us were to come out tomorrow hypothetically what sort of narrative would we want to set before they come out do we want to set a narrative of support of acceptance of understanding of security or do we want to set a narrative of otherness of rejection of pain of ridicule yeah so i think that's the second um second uh question and the third question is knowing where i am in my life today and the space that i've got and the time that i've got and the resources that i've got what can i do to make a meaningful contribution i think those three questions are actually three really powerful questions and we'll find that the direction that they set people on are really really quite powerful and it can make a contribution to all of the things that we've spoken about over the last hour or so yeah i think that's amazing and uh, i think that's the best note to end on because even i was like what can we possibly say that encapsulates everything we've spoken about today right because we spoke we've covered so much and i think this is the best imaginable way to do it i think everyone can go home and or be home and have a long hard think about this everyone should and uh yeah i mean uh we would love for you to we would love for you the listener to give us any feedback that you have on this episode we're, we're both waiting eagerly for uh <laughs> anything that you have to say or any questions that you have for om you can dm them to me um on instagram at realgolco and i can pass them on to om uh so yeah thank you so much om and i'll be seeing you on my podcast again soon okay yeah well i look forward to it and i hope that i can come and see you in india very soon yes. the situation on the pandemic improves that everyone gets vaccinated and life can return to normal because god knows it's been nearly 2 years since we've actually seen each other oh my god well luckily for you and me we're both good communicators and it hasn't felt like a gap in our friendship at least to me <laughs> but uh, yeah definitely can't wait to see you and hang out again let's do this <laughs> okay thank you bye take care see you bye इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट